listening to this, we are streaming the what we usually call the pre-show to the Blizzard Watch podcast, but this time I think we're just going to call it the show to the Blizzard Watch podcast. Yeah. We have a special guest today. Um, I'm going to have him introduce himself because, quite frankly, I don't think you'd believe me if I told you he was here. So, sir, if you don't mind. Hey, uh, I'm Ben Brode. I'm the Chief Development Officer at Second Dinner. We're working on a, a, a new game called Marvel Snap that launches in, in less than a month. Uh, previously, I was on... Uh, 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 worked at Blizzard for 15 years, the last 10 of which I worked on a little game called Hearthstone. Uh, I was the first game designer on Hearthstone and eventually became the game director on uh, And that's that's me. Ben, that's Ben. Also with us are Liz and Joe, who are going to probably barrage Ben with questions. And me, Matt, the guy who's basically going to be like, I'm going to just be quiet because all I want to ask is in, is questions about Marvel Comics, and I don't think that that's what I ever do. Listen, so, the, uh, the, the, the pitch the pitch when I when I originally tweeted at Ben was just come be nerds with us. So, so okay, then well, how did you come I, up on the idea of Cosmic Cubes? Why why Cosmic Cubes? <laughs> like, were you thinking of that storyline where it turned out that there were Cosmic Cubes <laughs> from other dimensions, and some of them weren't even cubes, like in Infinity Crusade, where the 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 priestess who was the good part of of adam warlock reached out and grabbed them was that where you were getting that from or was it from yeah, something absolutely, else? absolutely yeah uh no i, <laughs> I, mean, I so I, if, if you want to if you want to start if you want to start with the cosmic cubes it was the first mechanic that we came up with for marvel snap actually we uh we had just hamilton chu the the ceo at second dinner who was the executive rooster on hearthstone he's like you know it was a hard like for 10 years and, and grew it from a spreadsheet to, you know, what it became. And uh, so when we, when we set out to start second dinner, we hadn't had no idea what we wanted to work on. We had, we had, you know, we, we could, we were had like a whiteboard. It was our first purchase as a company. It was this whiteboard and we scrimped because we had no, we hadn't get funding yet. So oh, we're like, yeah. should we buy the expo markers or should we buy these off brand dry erase <laughs> markers? And so we bought the, we bought the off brand markers and they're horrible. Don't, when, when faced with this choice, if you ever go start your own company, get the expo markers. It was a huge mistake. They were awful, awful markers. I have so, lived uh, we this were, experience. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we like write a bunch of you know, ideas for games up on the board. And um, the like one of the things that uh, Hamilton said was, you, you know what would be really fun is a strategy game with the doubling cube from Backgammon. And I was like, oh, wow, that's a, that's a really cool idea because it creates this two-layer system where you're playing a strategy game and at the same time trying to decide, do you want to double the stakes mm-hmm. and you know, you know, play like a more you know, intense game? And uh, so what we did was we actually uh, tested it by playing Hearthstone and just at the end of every turn, Hamilton would ask, would you double the stakes right now and play for more stars? And I was like, I think I would. I think I would double the stakes. Or would you concede right now if your opponent doubled the stakes? And I'm like, I think I would bail right now. I think I, I, I don't have it. And we realized a couple of things. One, you never play a game that you're like not having fun in. Because mm-hmm. if you're like getting your butt kicked, and you, like a lot of times if there's like a 1% chance you might win, you got to stick it out and just play it all the way through. And it, it, it can be like, you know, annoying and boring. And, uh, and like this happens all the time in like uh, MOBAs, right? Where like the other team just got you and you're like, oh my gosh, just let them kill us. Uh, and, and you, uh, like in, in a game like this, you just like, they snap because they're, they're crushing you and you're like, oh, you got it. Good game. Like, I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll concede right now. You get the one star that we're playing for and I'll play and I'll just go up again and get another game in. And also like you have this, uh, incredible variability in the excitement level of each game. Cause some games are for one, one star and snap one cube. And some games are for eight cubes. And it's like, oh my gosh, this is like a bunch of games in a row that it's like 
all hanging in the balance right here for this. Uh... Anyway, so in Marvel Snap, <laughs> the mechanic is you can choose to play for one cube, which is kind of like one star in Hearthstone. It, and uh, the cubes double at the end of the game, and you could snap to propose a double in the middle of the game and say, hey, let's let's spice it up a little bit. You know what it reminds me of? Is it reminds me of back in the the old and dark ages of the 90s when a little game called Magic the Gathering came out and Anti was codified in the rules and we all didn't know what the hell we were doing because the game had just come out. Uh, and like it was just like having fun and like having stuff that like you were playing for Anti, but you didn't know what that meant. You just were doing the stuff. And like if you weren't having fun, you just scooped and played the next game uh, versus like oh, this is really good. We're going back and forth. And then you had cards that raise the ante or, or you like decide in the middle of it to do it. But it's, it sort of captures that same sort of excitement for me a little bit. Like it's it's got that that sort of infectious, like I'm in the moment type thing. But I really like the, the fact that you're saying like, but if you're not feeling it, you're not trapped either. Like you can just kind of like, you yeah. know, I'm good, which is which is real nice to hear. <laughs> ante, ante is a terrible mechanic. Oh, God, yeah. so, so stressful and horrible. Uh, but there was a lot about that that era of card games in in the '90s that was uh, really special. That that you know this was pre-internet, right? Like you couldn't mm-hmm. even find out what all the cards were in in whatever card game you were playing, whether it be Magic or Marvel Overpower or Wyvern or you know whatever. There's all these card games that were coming out. Rage and oh, uh, Rage. And you like, talking about the, the White Wolf one? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh that God. was the were- that was the I, werewolf one, and then they had the I, uh, I, it, the the name change for the World of Darkness one for uh, the vampires. Yeah, I was yep. I was working Job, at a, yeah. I was working at a game store at the time. I was a games, comics, and and just general bookstore. And the two times I had problems with people over over anything was one time a kid came in looking to get a Pokemon card, and we can go into detail on that later if you're interested. But the other time was when a guy ran in. Oh, that's a, that's grabbed, a riveting story. I can't wait to hear more about grabbed, a kid who yeah, a Pokemon card. He didn't buy a Pokemon <laughs> card. Oh, no, I know. Uh, but the other oh, oh okay. It's kid, spicy. Guy, it's getting interesting. Yeah, a guy ran into the store, looked around, saw the box of like rage cards, grabbed it, turned, and ran. Oh, and wow. ran out the door, but the door opened in. <laughs> so he ran into the door, oh, no. fell back down, oh. and then someone opened the door and walked in and, and actually stepped on him before seeing that he was oh. there. I was oh like, um, dude, just just bring the cards back up here when you're done, man. That that was. So, <laughs> I feel bad for you and me for being here for this. So, yeah, that's my rage story. So so you know these old card games, like you couldn't find out even what cards existed, right? Often yep. you play a game and. And you'd be like, what? I've never seen that card before. Wow. And uh, people didn't, like, this might be, um, you know, crazy to hear for people who play card games nowadays, but nobody had all the cards. Nobody just, like, there was no net decking. No, you, there wasn't. You know, people built the, the decks that they just had the cards for. So you know, when I was thinking about, um, you know, uh, you know what what i what we might want to do next after leaving blizzard we, we were having these conversations and uh one of the things that we, we talked a lot about was some some of those things that we loved about that old era of card games and one of the things was was this where you couldn't net deck you had to make do with what you had and everyone had a different collection so in in, in marvel snap you don't you can't buy booster packs you can't just go buy all the cards. You have to earn the cards and you have to earn them slowly over a long period of time. So everyone has, and you don't earn them in the same order as everybody else does. So everyone has a different collection and has to come up with, okay, how do I build a deck with what I have that's the best deck I can come up with? And it's it reminds me of that old era of, uh, of 90s card games. 
and I kind of like that too, right? Like, cause like you, you mentioned the, the whole, the, the concept of like back then, like nobody knew everything, like whether you were, even if you bought like Scryfall or, or Scry or, or any of the, yeah. the magazines out there, like even they didn't showcase everything. So you, like you couldn't know everything. So I like the idea of having something where you don't have to know everything. Cause I think that's one of the things that I think has been lost in current day card games in particular, whether it's digital or physical, uh, it's like, okay, well, I now need to know every card in the new set that's coming out before it releases so I can start planning my decks uh, immediately versus, you know, where's the joy and fun of it? Like, you know, just going in and like smashing cards together and, you know, just throwing down and just having a good time. And I, I sort of, I miss that a little bit, right? So it's, it's refreshing to see sort of trying to capture that same type of thing again a little bit and but but elevate it, right? So, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. The, uh, the pace of content is such a, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of options when you're making a card game, right? You could, you could do big expansions, right? And there's mm-hmm. a really, really fun because they create these huge moments that are great onboarding moments for everyone to join in. Um, you know, there's tons of cards that it's like wide open, you know, anything goes, it's kind of this mad rush to experiment and see what decks are good. Um, it, but then it creates these moments where there's like less stuff going on, you know, the, you know, uh, the laws there, versus the surges, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. And um, for for Marvel Snap, it, uh, one of the things that we tried to do was release content really, really fast, but not overwhelm people with, you know, hey, here's a new set. It's 200 cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. We, we want to release like a new card every week, which is a he- like a really fast pace, but it's not like a huge number total of cards per year. So um, I think Liz was going to ask a question because I saw her let up before. So if you have a question, Liz. <laughs> I mean, one of the problems that I have with games like Hearthstone and is just the time you spend like building decks and the fact that, like y'all said, everyone knows everything. Whenever there's a new set, the game falls pretty quickly into a specific meta because everyone knows every card and you know exactly what decks all the competitive players are playing. You get the esports tournaments where you have everyone playing the same deck back and forth, which... That is an interesting style of gameplay. I think particularly competitive, it's interesting because you see kind of like subtleties and little, like really little counterplays. But like that echoes down to the whole game and it creates this sameness and this, oh, I need these particular cards in order to build a deck. So you really lose some of that joy of just, okay, I'm going to go in here and throw the best cards I can find together and play a game because... You don't do that. A couple weeks ago, I was trying to put a deck together to play some games, and I just spent like a couple hours, and everything I came up with, I was just not doing well, and it was really frustrating, and I was just like, I want to go in and have fun and play the game, and it's, the game is like, no, 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 you don't do that. You don't have the card. You know, deck building is the hardest thing in card games. Yeah. You know, it's it's so challenging. I remember, so I worked on the World of Warcraft trading card game back, you know, way, way long ago. And I remember going to a pre-release event for that. Uh, and, and the deck building rules for that game are in, super complicated. Oh, yeah. There was factions, there's uh, races and uh, uh, trade skills. There was uh, specializations. So you, you could be like a horde fire mage who was tailoring an herbalism and was an Aldor aligned uh, character. And so you couldn't put scry cards in your deck. You couldn't put... Uh, Frost Mage cards in your deck. You couldn't put Alliance cards in your deck. You couldn't put, uh, tr- you know, troll only cards in your deck. And and I went to a, a pre-release, and this is kid. He was about eight years old. He was playing with his dad, and they opened up their cards, and he built a deck. And in the first game, 
his opponent sits down across from him and he goes, uh, judge, this deck is illegal. And the judge came over and goes, okay, you lose, kid. Uh, and that was it. And I was like, wow, this is this is horrible. This is like, wow. wait. I, like, yeah. I, I, hi, I'm the judge of this game, and I'm also here to crush your dreams. Like he shouldn't be, you know, competing, right? Is but but like it, it shouldn't have been that hard, right? Like you should, you know. So when you know, I was thinking about uh, deck building uh, for for Hearthstone, we we thought like, hey, you know, what if we just like don't have you know as many complex you know restrictions? And then for Marvel Snap, like there's no restrictions. You you like there's no card types. It's just twelve. You just take any twelve cards you want and throw them in your deck together. And uh, so you don't have to worry about, am I building an illegal deck? Like, what's the right percentage of, you know, this card type and this other card type? Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, you don't have to worry about any of that. You just, you know, what are your favorite 12 cards? Throw them into a deck together. It's super easy. I wonder, that, that leaves me with something I actually want to ask in all seriousness. Because I, I, I tweeted something when, when Snap was first <laughs> announced. And it's been brought back up hundreds of times in my face. Whereas I said, <laughs> I said, oh, so it's Hearthstone, but with Marvel, okay. And then, of course, I watched your video of actual play of it, and it's not Hearthstone, like not even close. I mean, I'm like, what is happening? The game was over in like a minute and a half. Did you set out to make the game that fast, or did it just get that fast as you iterated on? Uh, it, first of all, it's hilarious to me that 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 quote happened because it was the exact quote that happened over and over again when Hearthstone came out, which is like, oh, this is just magic, but uh, but Warcraft. And uh, <laughs> it's incredible to see like the default card game, uh, you know, change over time. Mm-hmm. Whenever a card game gets released, people used to always compare it to Magic, and now people new card game comes out, people always compare it to Hearthstone, which is shocking to me. It's a uh, it's such a weird. Uh, well, it's on uh, a lot th- of tablets, thing to have <laughs> But but uh, the the speed uh, was not was not like the first thing that we were thinking. It was it was more of the uh, the waiting. So uh, I I love um, the Game of Thrones board game. Have any of y'all played the yes. Game of Thrones board yeah, game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Great like game. And, and my favorite two-player board game is the Lord of the Rings: The Confrontation, designed by Reiner Kinesia. Oh, the it's, one with the uh, uh, the one with the uh, coherent turns and like the the coherent gameplay or whatever. Uh, wow, what is the word? Words are hard today. I'm sorry. Please keep going. <laughs> uh, it, it's it's uh it's like a stratego. Yeah, but. Yeah, yeah. Um, a, uh, it's not asynchronous. It's uh, a uh, asymmetrical. That's, so, it. That's uh, what I was looking for. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's fantastic. Both of those games share the same mechanic, which is when you have combat, there's like a number. You're you're a five and I'm a three. Uh, and I, as uh, the player, have a hand of cards that has some ways to modify combat. I can go like, oh, I'll get plus six power. Maybe I'll go plus two power. And uh, I, I know what you have and you know what I have. And secretly, we place one of those cards face down, and then we reveal them to each other at the same time. Now, mm-hmm. if I'm a, I'm at a five and you're a three, if I play my six, you have no chance. I'm just going to win. And if, but it, so so like you should probably just play your one or whatever because when you play a card, it's gone forever. You can't use it anymore. So if you play all your your best cards in future, I'm like, like you're gonna be weaker. So uh, so I'm gonna I'll, you know I should play my six and you should just play your one. But if I know that you have no chance and you know you have no chance and so you, I think you're gonna throw away your one, maybe I can just get away with playing my my one because I'm you know above where you're at and then I can stay strong for future combats. But if you think that I'm gonna play my one, then you should play your four and you'll win the combat and you know it'll go in your favor. And that moment of those mind games mm-hmm. and uh, you know really getting in the head of your opponent is so much fun to me. I really love that mechanic. And so when we were we we're thinking about mechanics for Marvel Snap, 
we thought like, hey, what can we do with that? And uh, so all the turns in Marvel Snap are played simultaneously. I choose what I want to do on my turn. You choose what you want to do on the same turn. When we both in the turn, we reveal our choices at the same time. And uh, so the turns aren't like I go and then I wait while you decide what you're going to do. There is no waiting. You just you just both take the same turn over and over and over again. And you get tons of these mind games where you're trying to decide, okay, if he goes here, I should go here. But if he goes there, I should go here. But if he knows that I'm going to go there, then I should go here. And it creates uh, like a lot of really interesting strategy. And there's no waiting, which is kind of uh, like unprecedented in the card game space. Yeah, it was the first that, thing I noticed watching that that video was yeah. just how, how quickly it went and how kind of subversive it is in terms of what it expects from players. Because instead of you just sitting there and waiting for the other person to do whatever they're doing, you're trying to think about what they're going to do, you're anticipating, which yeah. is unusual for that kind of game, in my opinion. It's, it's basically a perfect personification in a small uh, amount of time of the engagement principle, which is... Uh, like when you have a game of any type, and I'm I'm sure you know this, and maybe the folks at home don't, but it's you judge how far removed a person is while something else is going on, because you only have so much time before somebody stops paying attention to the game, and then like their mind wanders because they're not invested anymore. But with the tight timetables that you have there, the fact that the games happen very quickly and it happens where there's a ton of interaction and engagement, you generally don't run into that problem, right? Like it's it's something where that person is kind of st- stay drawn in and then unlike let's say going to like a magic tournament where you know an average round is an hour uh and for that entire time you like you will have to be laser focused and engaged even when you're not doing anything here it's you can be engaged and still having fun and then you only have to do that for two three minutes right and then you can move on to the next thing which is really really cool and refreshing you know something i I, oh sorry go ahead go ahead One of the things that I felt is a big problem in gaming lately, and I've really been feeling this in World of Warcraft raiding recently, is the challenge isn't just playing the game. The challenge is your own attention span. Because it, when you get into when you get into raid fights that are like 15 minutes long, it's like Damn. you have to stay completely, completely focused for those 15 minutes and do everything perfectly right. And you get something similar in Hearthstone when you have like a 20 minute match against a warrior who just keeps armoring up over and over and over. (laughs) And uh, so, yes, it's hugely refreshing to see a game where you're just, it only takes a couple minutes to play and you are always engaged. There's always something to think about and do. And you're never sitting there getting bored and being like, okay, I have to keep paying attention, but there's nothing to do right now. And if you feel that you're, outmatched ben already went over this but i think it's really yeah. to point out when you combine that with the fact that if you think you're overmatched you can simply say okay <laughs> nice playing yeah i'll see you later uh because i mean we've all been in various games against somebody else where we're like just just end it just, just end it yeah. you, you've won ah oh, but i need to build my old like, i don't know if you've ever seen pro zd's uh trading card videos uh, is this the guy who uh, uh, yeah. like makes fun of the... Uh, the mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's fantastic. He did that one video where he's like, you know, but I have yet to play my cheese farmer card, which then <laughs> yes, dumb taps yeah. all of my other cow cards. So now they can all be put back on... And he's like, uh, yeah, I'm going to go get a drink. That's fine. It'll take <laughs> me another five minutes to set this up, which allows me to access the angry milk driver. <laughs> like Sometimes it's like, Dude, you could win this. Why are you just? Why, I know you have a really cool move you want to do in five turns, but 
I've done. I have. I'm ready to go. Just stick a fork in me. Are, so yeah, like, I I do like that. That's actually a mechanic here that you can just you can self stab yourself with. Them. Or really like cool. in Hearthstone, if someone slams down Shutterwalk, and then it's all of a sudden you're waiting for battle cries for oh, however yeah. long it takes to go through the battle cries, and that's like really cool to play it. But <laughs> you know, like the second time, it's like okay, this is getting old. And the third time, it's like, can't I just finish the game, please? The, the Shutterwalk thing is so funny to me because I, I, when I, I remember walking by someone's desk and I, I saw Shutterwalk going off, and I said, "Whatever's happening here, we need to make sure that doesn't happen." And, <laughs> and then they were like, "No, no, it's it's fine. Uh, the deck is not good." And I said, "Okay, all right." And because the card seems so exciting, I immediately went, I, I did a round of interviews after that, and I told everybody, "There's a card in here that I think is so broken." I told them to to, to not ship it because I was trying to ha- like ham it up and play it up, you know, to make people excited about the set. But I was I, I made them promise that it wasn't going to be good. And then when it came out, obviously it was a huge issue, and I was like, "Oh no!" Now I look like I'm throwing the team under the bus, and it's like uh, it was very embarrassing for me. I wasn't my best moment. <laughs> So okay, go ahead, Joe. I was gonna say so. Going back to sort of like the uh, the skin of it, and and I'm sure this is something you probably talked about a a dozen times already. But like, why Marvel? Why why do this in a a Marvel skin? Why pursue that? Because of Cosmic Cubes, he told us. Yeah, the Cosmic Cubes. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, look, Marvel's Marvel's amazing, right? Like, uh, it's it's they're at, they're at the top of you know their IP game right now. Every Marvel thing that happens is earth shattering right the movies are all incredible uh you know all the marvel games that are coming out are super super good the um the guy who runs marvel games used to work at blizzard with uh with a bunch of us so uh when we were popping out and and you know talking to jay who runs marvel games he said hey look you know i want i want to make marvel games humongous i want them to be in every marvel movie that comes out every you got to see it it's gonna be amazing it's because every single one is super super good and you have this you know ex- expectation that they're going to be awesome and you know that's how he wanted to run marvel games he wants every marvel game to be great he wants you know e- each one if you play it, you're like wow that was that's going to stick with me i have to try the next marvel game that comes out and so uh you know i think in a lot of ways we're really aligned in, in how we think about games we want to make great stuff we don't want to make okay stuff we want to make you know earth shattering you know huge things that change the industry and uh that's something that Jay really wants to do with Marvel games and, and Marvel really wants to do with all their games and something that we want to do as well. And it was, uh, so it was a really good, it was a really good uh, team up there. Like the Marvel games team is super good. The people there are, you know, like a lot of like people from the games industry and people from who have been in Marvel for a really, really long time. They super get video games and they've been just like unbelievable. I used to work in licensing at Blizzard, like, you know, I'm, I, I, like doing shirts and mm-hmm, board mm-hmm. games and the WoW PCG. And we were not as awesome as the folks at, at Marvel. They are incredible at uh, uh, being kind of collaborative people. We feel like one development team. That's awesome. On the subject of Marvel, I've been wondering, you, I imagine you have a lot of kind of specific challenges based on making a game based on such a big and well-known IP versus just coming up with something of your own. Like you have characters that have been around for 50 years that are now you're trying to condense them into one piece of art and uh, a single ability on a card. Have you like, what's, what's the challenge there and how have you like overcome it and may manage to make this feel really like a Marvel game? Because it definitely does. It's great. Thank you. Uh, yeah. It's, it's interesting. So I, first we would like make a list of every character that we thought like 
people would would care about. And then we made a list of like our own personal characters that we were going to make cards for because we, you know, they're they're like things that we care about. And we're making the game, so screw it. We're putting our characters in. <laughs> uh, and uh, we would go through that list and like, okay, what should Rogue do? And we would try and think of you know what it what what is the thing that is iconic about rogue in you know in in the, in what is like the most iconic representation of rogue which in my opinion is the 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 cartoon series from from the 90s and like what what do i remember about her is it her flying is it her super strength no it's her it's like her thing where she touches people and sucks away their powers and so i said okay what how do we represent like the most iconic thing about rogue in like one effect. And so it, for uh, Marvel Snap, when you play Rogue, she flies over to the other side of the of the location, touches one of the cards over there, and then absorbs their power, and she steals the the, the card text of the card on that side of the, of the field, and it becomes her own. And I, that feels very roguelike, right? But it's uh, uh, it's uh, like that thing that of that process of what is the most iconic thing, and then how do we represent that in cards? Hilariously, the hardest thing for us to represent is fighting because uh in marvel snap it's all about you know i have there's three locations i'm trying to win two out of three of those locations by playing cards at different locations and each card has a certain amount of power and then you want more power than your opponent and at the end of the game if you have more power at two out of three locations then you win but there's not a lot of fighting you're just you know playing your cards and they're doing awesome marvelly stuff but they're not killing each other right like a lot of other card games there's combat there's a lot of you know creature combat or minion combat but there's not in marvel snap there is some, there's cards like Electra or Killmonger that'll destroy enemy cards, but it's not like the most common effect. But in in the Marvel universe, the thing that makes uh, a character awesome often is how much they, they kick butt. Uh, you know, when I think of Daredevil or Wolverine, like I think about them being just like, you know, incredible at, you know, beating lots of bad guys, but that's just not a thing we can lean into as much. So uh, for example, for Daredevil, the thing that we key off of is, uh, his his incredible powers of perception. He's blind, but he can tell where everything is. So uh, you know, turns are played simultaneously. But when you if you have Daredevil on turn five, you get to see your opponent's plays before you make your own because he can see you know he can kind of get in their head and see what they're doing before you. And and, and Wolverine, you know, his obviously the claws and him slashing stuff up is the most iconic thing. But his super uh, healing factor is also a really iconic thing. So whenever he gets destroyed, he comes back immediately at any at a random location. So trying to figure out how do we. How do we take the most iconic thing or the second most iconic thing that still really ends up with the character feeling like the character was super fun. It's really, and, and, and the effect at the end of it all is you, know, you see this card and you're like, oh my gosh, that's ex that's exactly what Wolverine would do. Or it's exactly what Nightcrawler would do. And it feels great. I'm going to jump in here because this means I need to ask you a couple of questions. First off, <laughs> who whose character, who, who was the, the person who decided to put Nova in? Uh, I think that was me. Okay, Nova's one of my favorite characters. I loved the oh, Abnet landing run. Uh, I loved the original 70s comic, you know, the human rocket. Why is his thing, when he is destroyed, everybody else gets stronger? Well, uh, <laughs> you're not, you're not going to love this answer. To me, no, it was, I might uh, actually love the answer. It just might confirm <laughs> my beliefs. Uh, like when I when I heard the word Nova, what I imagined in my head was a huge Nova that like affected everybody on the board. And so that was kind of where my, my head went, but it wasn't like as much of a top-down design of uh, uh, like his direct power set. Why? What did you think? Uh, I honestly thought that you just noticed that he dies a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Cause he's died like six or eight times in the comics. So I figured oh, I like maybe, maybe you knew that, but no, either way it works. 
She does. <laughs> he has died a lot of times. He just recently came back from dying. So yeah, this is true of a lot of uh, superheroes. Yeah, yeah, but some of them do it a few times, and then some of them it's kind of like almost their thing at this point. Like, you know? So that's awesome. So you you also have sort of like a unique art style going for the game too. It's it's almost like a super cell shaded thing. Where did the art direction come from, or like where did you have like a specific vision in mind as a group that you wanted to achieve? Uh, no, this is all Jamaro Kindred. So Jamaro is our art director. He is an incredible artist. He also worked on Hearthstone. He did a bunch of uh, uh, just incredible stuff there. Uh, but when he started working on you know the art direction for Marvel Snap, he first he painted a, just like an image of Wolverine that he was like, okay, this is it. This is what our game should look like. And he he had a, like a really cool looking Wolverine. And then after you know, a month or so, he just decided, you know what? I'm just going to redo this from scratch. And he did an entirely new image Wolverine, which is the one that's in the game right now. Uh, and he said, this is it. This is the target. This is where I'm going to go for. And then uh, we put together a team to start reaching out to incredible comic artists throughout the world. And uh, we commissioned just a huge number of pieces of art. And then we have an incredible colorist. His name is Ryan Kinnaird. Uh, and it, together, we commissioned like hundreds of pieces of art for every card in the game. So every card in the game has a unique piece of art that is what we call the base art, which is the art for the card. But then we went like way beyond that and committed what we call variants. So you can get, you know, a picture of, you know, you can get Spider-Man, but then you can also get like black suit Spider-Man or Scarlet Spider Spider-Man or pixel art Spider-Man or uh, Spider-Man by Max Grech, who is this really cool uh, kind of uh, exaggerated style. And, and they're all like cosmetic variants. They don't do anything different, but they're all... Uh, different expressions of Spider-Man. And then we went back through the back catalog of Marvel covers from like, you know, things that we loved from our childhood and then used those as variants. And the art in our game, if you haven't seen it, it's it's not just like a 2D image. We like almost 3D model the art. And then as you kind of move your phone, the phone's gyroscope hooks up to the art and you kind of like, it look was at it from, from all angles. <laughs> it's incredible. It looks so cool. And so this art that like we love like comes to life in a whole new way in Marvel Snap. One of the uh, the pieces of art that I think is objectively just amazing. It's it's one of the. I mean, I would have. I'm I'm honestly convinced that they should do an entire comic book now just to feature it. Is the baseline art for Devil Dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, Devil Dinosaur is awesome. That, Devil Dinosaur is again one of my favorite characters, because it's a dinosaur. I mean, come on, it's fought Godzilla by the way. That's canon. It appeared in Godzilla. <laughs> Monsters of the, you know, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, comic that Marvel put out in the set in this in the eighties. But what I really like is you've got like the uh, there's the pixel art one. Yep, it's yep. really it's just really cute and really cool. And then there's there's one that's basically just another really cool rendering. But the one in the hat, he's got like an Easter like a Christmassy hat and scarf on, and there's snow, and it's just there's Moon Girl right in front of him. This is just, it's perfect. It's perfection. Uh, you you don't, there's no way to beat this. It just, and I mean, I feel like it's kind of like the, the card game as a whole is, I think it Liz, was it you who said this reminded you of those trading cards from the seventies and eighties? Oh, it, it does because I, I have some of those trading cards and it was just so fun to collect them just for the art. Yeah. The, the, uh, I, I also got really into collecting Marvel trading cards, uh, as a kid. And uh, I actually bought, I went on eBay and I bought a couple boxes of <laughs> Marvel trading cards. I'm going to do a pack opening stream of uh, Marvel trading cards. Uh, I, 
it's like it, they're so cool. They're so they much are. fun. The art is so good, and uh, you know, I thought it was uh, pretty nostalgic. Uh, but yeah, that, like we, you know, we're, we were huge fans of you know, like the Jim Lee X Men set that he did mm-hmm. that that old, uh, and the ones that you know, they're like a they're like a nine a three by three binder page, but they all connect and create like one giant piece of art. Uh, that was like a, a iconic Marvel trading card set from the, from the nineties. Uh, we actually went and looked at some of that art and made variants out of some of that stuff too. So there's some old school trading card art that we 3d modeled and turned into these, uh, Marvel snap variants. That's kind of amazing. I didn't know that. I'm going to have to like, I'm going to have to start looking for that now because that you're that that's pushing a button. I, I still have like the complete set of the 90 and the 91 sitting on my shelf, like three yeah, feet I mean, for me. Oh, <laughs> it's wow. not, it, if we're going to, uh, you know, we want, you know, you want, you want some Jim Lee, you want some classic Jim Lee X-Men art in the game. You know, it's, <laughs> it's hard to get Jim Lee. So, uh, cause he's working on DC stuff now, but uh, yeah, this yeah, way we can true. use some of the iconic stuff that he did throughout history and uh, use that in there. Okay. Joe had asked a question in the email uh, and he hasn't actually asked you it yet. So I'm going to mention it to him now, <laughs> Joe, the question about uh, his appearances on MTG shows. <laughs> So what, like a while ago, and you've been popping up on like various uh, magic channels here and there um, playing games. And I thought it was actually really, uh, really fun to see you sort of just like playing a game and talking about like your favorite art and talking about like what you like about cards and just having a good time and cutting loose. Um, So like, I don't really have a question per se. It was more like a. I think it's it's fascinating to see you out of like dev mode, if that makes sense, uh, because you've always been you've always been one of those those personalities that's always been like super approachable, super down to earth, super like really cool. Like I could see myself playing against you and like uh, or playing in a pod with you in commander or something like that. Uh, so it's really fun to see you like cut loose like that. Um do you have like some favorite moments or some favorite cool things that you got to do with that? Uh, besides uh, taking Kibler down a peg, because that was always fun. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you're talking about the, the episode uh, that I think you're talking about, I think Kibler took, took himself down a peg. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, it's really, it's really. I, so I've been playing Magic for forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I started like in, uh, right before Fallen Empires came out. And uh, I, I obviously, you know, card games are a humongous passion of mine, and I'm very, very, very fortunate to have been, uh, you know, part of the the industry now, having worked on Hearthstone and now and now Marvel Snap. Uh, but I still, I still actively play Hearthstone. Uh, I still actively play Hearthstone and um, uh, uh, Magic, and I, uh, I like mostly I play Commander. Uh, I'm like a huge Commander player. Yes, yeah, my primary and, format uh, too. So I, yeah, and, and I I was struggling because I I realized that throughout the pandemic I would um uh I would I would buy cards from the new set to update my commander decks and then I would the next set would come out and I'd buy some new cards and update my commander decks and I do that and then and then I got to the point where I was buying cards and replacing cards that I had never played yet because <laughs> I had just ha- I'm not playing enough commander like I have nine decks that I'm trying to keep up to date. And so I said, look, I gotta, I gotta solve this. So once I, once I got introduced to Spell Table, which is the way to play physical magic online over the internet, uh, I said, I just, I tweeted like, hey, anybody who wants to play magic with me, I'm, I'm, you know, like, let, like, let's, let's do it. I'm, uh, I'm down to appear on streams or whatever. Like, I just, I want to play some commander, and, uh, and like, it, it worked out great. I ended up getting uh, like a ton of people reaching out to me to play some, some games, and I had a lot of fun. Yeah, Spell Table has been a, a, a wonderful thing, especially during the pandemic. Because I'm in the same boat. Like, I got into Commander 
right before the pandemic hit. Uh, I like I had started playing way back in the dark ages. Like I started with like uh, unlimited right at the tail end. Right. Or. Oh, nice. So it, it's been a, it's been a while. And I, I got out of the game probably around. Uh, let's see. I went to regionals in Kamigawa 1.0 and then I just stopped. Um I still bought cards here and there, but I just I couldn't keep up with uh, the meta of standard. That's when it started getting really, really expensive and like atrociously competitive. And I was like, I'm good. I'm done. I'm, I'm out. So I didn't realize that commander was a thing until one of my friends uh, poked me. and was like, hey, you used to play magic, right? And like, yeah, he's like, do you still have cards? Yeah, I got a bunch of cards. Why'd you come play commander with us? And I'm like, what's commander? And then he's explaining him is like, oh, it's a four player version of emperor. OK, uh, and so, like, I started playing, and then I started just building all these decks and building all these decks. Um, and I maybe got to play, like, once a month with friends locally, and then I learned about Spell Table, and it was off to the races. So now I don't feel like I wasted yeah. all that time and money on the 27 Commander decks or some yeah, stupid right. number that I've built yeah, at this right. point. <laughs> well, Com- Commander's incredible because, uh, in, in my opinion, Magic has some weaknesses. And in some of those weaknesses, like, Hearthstone tried to specifically target like that the mana system in magic just means that some some of the time you don't actually get to play a game because you yeah, just exactly get, you know, mana screwed or mana fudged and like and uh you know Hearthstone you just can't get mana you just play every game is an actual game right you can for sure your deck does something you get to you know you get to have some opportunities for little victories every time you play and commander because it's four players uh because it's free for all and because of the kind of uh just like like uh, unsaid rules, or maybe they're kind of said rules of like this is for this is not about destroying everybody and trying to win as fast as possible. It's about having fun. Mm-hmm. We're here to have fun together. What that means is if I'm getting mana screwed, everyone ignores me. Yep. And so I, eventually, I will draw enough lands. Or if I'm getting mana flooded, everyone ignores me. You you attack the person who's doing the best at the table. And so we, we all have time to get to do something in the game. We all get to, you know, have a moment that is memorable for ourselves or we feel powerful. And that that's like, you know, directly hitting the, the I think one of the biggest weaknesses of magic is that one thing is every time you play commander, you have fun. And I think that, that's, that's, that's great. Yeah. And you know what? I agree with you too. Cause I think that's one of the, the, the aspects of the game that I think is it's core to why it was such a big thing back when it first started was that social aspect of it. It was, you know, picking up a, picking up cards, picking up a starter deck, throwing cards together, going to a local shop or hanging out with your friends and just goofing around and talking while you're playing. It wasn't all about the kill shot. Right. And commander sort of recaptures that a little bit where it's a lot more of the social experience and like having your deck do something cool. Or uh, I was just watching uh, the professor where this was a cool concept that I had never considered before. It's like, bring your favorite deck and then pass it to the player on your right. And then, oh, yeah. you know, it's just completely wild and just like nobody knows what's going on. Everybody has a good time. And then you're like invested in your deck winning, but you're also invested in you doing something cool. So it's like it, it's that reinvestment into the social aspect of the game and everybody's talking between turns. And it's a lot more fun, a lot more casual. Uh, and it, it takes that edge off of, of something that became a little, I don't know, potentially like one of the to me, one of the flaws of magic is that uh, for too long, it started leaning real heavily into that cutthroat competitive uh, format. And that's what players started doing as in general. Um, so I always enjoy games or formats that sort of remove that uh, as sort of yes, a. It's for fun. Exactly. Because uh, yeah, the, the number one goal is that fun. Yeah, we work, we work X, X number of hours a week. We don't want to like have to maybe throw all that mental energy into the competitive mental uh, gymnastics of winning the game. Sometimes we just want to unwind and have fun with our stupidly expensive cardboard. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of that's the 
nice thing about card games in general is that they are really adaptable to however you want to play. You want to be really competitive? There's a, you know, you can, you know, that's absolutely a sure. thing you can do in, in, but it's not the only, uh, but way. if you want to, yeah, if you want to have fun with a, you know, a bunch of folks, the way I used to play commander is we used to play what we call push up magic. So you have, you know, commander, you have 40 health. And yep. anytime you take a point of damage, we would do one push up. Oh. And uh, it's, it's so much more fun. And also it's good exercise. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think it was like if you did a, uh, a, if you took a poison counter, it was like three push ups. And you could also concede at any moment for 10 push ups. So if I tried to do infinite damage to you, you could just do the 10 push up concede penalty and then uh, bail out. Uh, but uh, it was, That's it was really fun. I always wanted to do uh, uh, treadmill commander where you start at uh, <laughs> like zero speed. And every time you take a damage, you have to up the speed. And then eventually you're just like in a full sprint trying to stay alive at the, Anytime you have to stop, you just lose. You like you lose all your the rest of your health. Listen, that would be uh... the the day that we decide that you that you decide to do this as like a, a stream where somebody goes in. I'm in. I'm 100 percent in. Let's let's go. I just, I, I just keep seeding this idea everywhere I go because I I don't have like access to a treadmill where I could do this. But like you know, somebody someday, uh, per, if the professor listens to this podcast, I think he would be the, my best bet at uh, getting some treadmill magic going. Hmm. <laughs> Oddly enough, I think I've already improved it. Oh, no. I want to give you one concept. Oh, a concept okay, that will really help this. Trampolines. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking trampoline. That, I, oh, yeah. Any, tr- anything you want to do. Commander. Yeah, anything you want to do with any card game. Like, imagine Pokemon games where you had to, like, do the Pokemon battle while jumping on a trampoline. Well, the thing is, you need you need some kind of, like, uh, input from your opponent to, like, you know. So, for example, uh, if it's... Uh, commander every time you take a point of damage the trampoline moves underneath you and so you have to like uh or or you you get yeah. a high you get a bigger trampoline you have to move to right. you got the upgrade you yeah you got to take a step to the, the bigger trampoline and now you have to like <laughs> you know and you have to actually keep moving on the trampoline oh, there's, there's so much to this yeah no, it really uh am as a game lands, designer man i like commander is a really interesting format because it was not designed by you know, a design team. It was, this, you know, it kind of like grew driven. from, yeah. yeah, right. And I got, I, I got to tell you, I got some beef with the uh, commander rules and I uh, consistently, uh, I have uh, agreed you with know, your tweets it. on that, by the way, I'm just, I'm just going to throw oh, that out. My gosh. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, it's just a, uh, uh, you know, if I, if they put me in charge of commander, I'm going to, I'm going to change everything. <laughs> first thing I'm doing is but, ban- uh, if I, first thing I'm doing is banning eminence. Screw that mechanic. <laughs> Yeah, that's, uh, you know, very interesting that so uh, often frustrating mechanics in games in general are ones that you can't interact with, right? Yes. And eminence, so eminence for people who don't know, it, the command, in Commander, you have a, a, a one creature you start the game with, you. it's not in play, it's kind of like an extra card in your hand, you could play it, you know. It's, it's your general, game, basically, the general of your army, essentially. Yeah. And, and then, you know, you could play it and then you can kill it, and then you could play it again, but it costs more every time they, they kill it. And uh, eminence is an effect that like they can reach from beyond the grave and have an effect on the game, uh, even if you haven't played your commander. And honestly, it's very similar to cards like uh, Baku, the Moon Eater, and Gen Greymane from yep. uh, from Hearthstone, where they they like change your hero power, uh, even if you haven't drawn them. Even like you know before the game starts, you have some advantage, or you have like a different hero power or some new thing, and. Your opponent can't do anything about it. They they can't like interact before the game has started, and uh, that's kind of what 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 happens. And it can be very very frustrating. Hero powers in general in Hearthstone, uh, if you like upgrade your hero power, there isn't a lot of like stuff in Hearthstone that lets you interact with the opponent's hero power. 
And so if they do, up, you know, with a Death Knight hero or something, upgrade their hero power, it can be very frustrating. So when we were you know, talking about for Marvel Snap, like, how do we deal with counters? Because, you know, old school card games had very hard counters. Like, yeah. I'm playing a red deck and you've got Circle of Protection Red, which just means like, I, I, I mean, it's a two cost card that says I lose the game. You know, it's like really feels like, you know, like it gets right up in there and, 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 and you know, you just immediately lose. And uh, so for for Snap, we were like, okay, we we have we want to have tools, right? Because if I'm losing to a a, a, a discard deck or something, I I, I want to feel smart. I want to say, okay, I'll put this card in my deck, and I'll turn my losses into victories. And I'll you know I, I need some like uh, outlet to let me uh, you know if I can t- correctly predict the meta, I will do this thing, and then I'll start winning. And I think uh, getting the exact right amount of winning is really difficult because you go too hard and you're like, well, okay, they have Cosmo, I lose. Uh, but if you do it just right, and what's really interesting about Snap is because there's three locations, you can, you can kind of have really strong counters, but let it happen at just one location. So you, you can get them, but you have to anticipate where they're going to do their thing. And so it, it, you have uh, strong counters, but a huge amount of strategy in how you deploy them. I mean, that leads me to the topic of locations. Uh, locations are kind of an interesting idea. Where the heck did this come from? Because it really, it kind of turns the card game on its head because you aren't just fighting your opponent, you're fighting for these locations, all with their unique abilities and strategy on playing and counterplaying. Yes, you know, you were talking about meta and how like metas mm-hmm. kind of calcify. And locations make it so that even a calcified meta is still really fun. Because every single, like the reason, the reason that imbalance in card games and, and metas that get stale are feel bad is because every time you queue up for a match, you get the same experience. I've done this already. I've solved these problems. I know what you're going to do. Like, this is not like a new experience I'm having. And so, like, as, as card game designers, we work really, really hard to try and to try and achieve balance because then instead of seeing one class over and over again, you see nine different classes or 18 different decks or something, right? That you, and then like every time you play, it's a new experience until even that gets stale. And that's why you need new content to keep everything fresh and exciting. Well, locations have each one, there's three each game and we show them to you on turn one, turn two, and turn three. So you don't necessarily know what they're all going to be at the start of the game, but each one has a unique thing that it does to the game. So it might say like, you know, cards cost one less this game or, um, there's a turn seven this game, even though turn you know it's normally turns you know six turns total, and uh, it changes the way that game is played. And so even if I've played against you know my deck against your deck sixty times, we've never had this experience before. And how I have to play my deck out against your specific deck in in, in this trio of locations is a brand new problem to solve. And so even if the meta gets stale, uh, you you are always in a problem solving mode, and so it's still really really fun. One of the things that I really like about the game is, and we talked about this some already, is that you can really play mind games with your opponent. And that's another thing. The the mind games that you play go beyond a meta because you don't know how players are thinking or reacting. Like if you are, uh, you know, you're snapping and raising the stakes and you get up to those eight cosmic cubes, maybe you're bluffing and you just want to, yeah, right. you want to walk away with those cosmic cubes. And it just adds a whole new layer of strategy. And, you know, there are like tricky cards like uh, Mysterio, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mysterio's it, my favorite card. You you put him down and your opponent doesn't know what, sl- what uh, location you put him down at. He appears like he's on all three locations. And at the end of the match, you find out. 
And it, so there are so many levels of mind games that you can play here. And it's really, it seems to make things a lot more interesting. Yeah, so, uh, we, you know, we talk about, often as designers, we talk about kind of different levels of strategy. And you need a game to have like a really high uh, skill ceiling, right? You, it should not yeah. be masterable. Humans should not be able to just be like, well, <laughs> you know, like, tic-tac-toe is not a great game, partially because it's very easy to master, right? You could easily mm -hmm. become the number one tic-tac-toe you know, tic player in the world tied with all the rest of us because it's just like, you're not going to come up with some new strategy that's going to break the meta, right? It's just like, oh yeah, you do this, and good job. And Inside so you need a game to have- eight-year-old in me that thought, felt so good about himself <laughs> that one time he beat his dad at tic-tac-toe was dying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, your dad was maybe distracted uh, for that game. Uh, so, me, <laughs> uh, so we need we need like a lot of strategic depth. But it's, what's interesting is you can get more depth. Adding depth to the game is not hard. Usually, the way you do it is add more complexity, right? I add some new angle that this thing interacts with the other thing, and now that's it becomes more deep. But what's really challenging as a designer is creating uh, what, what we call elegance. Where is you can get a huge amount of depth from as little complexity as you can, and it, that's really hard because it's uh, you know it's the easier thing is just to add complexity to get more depth. So uh, usually removing complexity removes depth, and if you can just like you know get that that uh, equation to go in the right way, uh, you you get something that is really uh, accessible. Everybody can jump in and play it. And, and at the same time, has a huge amount of depth. It's really, really fun to play and impossible to master. And uh, Snap, that's like, that was like one of our big goals for Snap is uh, this doubling cube mechanic, the, the Snap mechanic, creates incredible depth because there's, so, there's all these mind games, there's bluffing, there's like reverse bluffing where you're like, oh, you know, I didn't Snap. Does that mean I'm, you know, not in a good position? Like, haha, I was actually winning the whole time. You know, it's, it creates these huge, uh, deep moments. And the snap mechanic's not complicated. You know, in fact, new players kind of ignore it. They just don't pay attention to it. Yeah, it starts at one and ends at two. And like, I just kind of like get uh, some cubes at the end of the game and rank up, I guess. And as they get into the game, after hundreds of hours of gameplay, then you start to realize the incredible amount of depth that this, this mechanic adds to like every turn of the game, right? Even when you're not snapping, you're thinking, should I be snapping? What message is that gonna send to my opponent about what I have in my hand? Is it going to scare them off or am I going to get, you know, a higher expected value out of the game by, by going in here? I mean, y'all can keep talking. Ask more <laughs> questions. Ask more questions. Don't, don't, don't just wait for me. I was actually, um, I'll ask something I wanted to ask. Um, is there any, like, you've basically made, like, you, you made one of the biggest, most popular uh, card games online in the world. And now you're making Marvel Snap, which is a completely different kind of card game, but certainly has the potential to be extremely popular and well-known. Is there any other genre of game you've ever thought about de designing that you guys, when you got together to make your company, thought maybe we could do this or anything that's that you're not? I'm not saying you have to tell me what you've got coming up next. I'm just thinking of like stuff that you've thought about doing, stuff that you've. I maybe I maybe I want to make a 4x game, or maybe I'd like to make uh, a Dark Souls like or what have you. Is there anything like that that you've always wanted to do but haven't gotten around to yet? Yeah, certainly. So I, you know, when we were first popping out, we were like, okay, like we're, we're some, some ex Hearthstone folks. If we make a card game here, we're the card game folks, right? Like that's just kind of how, that, that's how people are going to think of us. And is that, is that what we want? You know, like we love card games. I think we have, we have a lot more to, you know, add to the, to the, to the genre and the industry, but you know, do we want to be, do we want to be that, right? Is that our future? And, and at first I was like, no, 
we have let's let's explore some new stuff and uh you know we had a bunch of ideas uh i mentioned that whiteboard we wrote some uh uh we wrote some we wrote some stuff on there and uh you know it, it's funny because the thing that pulled us in in this direction was was marvel uh we were you know we were working on a, a variety of things and it was interesting to me so i came from you know working a long time in the Warcraft IP. And when I think about the things that like, if I need to, to, you know, endless monsters to slay, you know, you just like, you could spend an hour writing names of like trash mobs on a paper and you would still, there'd still be like hundreds more trash mobs you forgot to mention, right? There's so many really cool creatures and um, races and, and like tribes and all kinds of really cool stuff in the Warcraft universe. And when I think about Marvel, it's not as much about slaying hundreds of qu quillbore or uh, you know, you know the, these these the kind of like uh, creatures that you see all over you know Azeroth. It's about heroes fighting villains. It's about like very specific, super powerful individuals that have a like you know a nemesis that they're they're battling against. And so you know when we thought about you know what what kinds of games would be really, really fun in the Marvel universe. Uh, we thought about games that really emphasize heroes and villains. And so kind of the idea came about where like, hey, what if we made a card game where there's one card type, it's just the heroes and villains of the Marvel universe. And it would, you know, could we do it? Can we make a card game that felt like that simple, but had incredible depth? And uh, it, would, it would really uh, focus on what's coolest, I think, about the Marvel universe, which is those characters themselves. But yes, yeah, sorry, I didn't really answer your question. Yeah, I, I, uh, <laughs> I do think uh, I have uh, potentially uh, some some other other genres uh, left in there that I'd be very interested to explore someday. But uh, yeah, I don't want to like uh, tip my hand, if you will. Okay, so, so let me let me try this then before Joe comes in because I know he's got something else. Let me put it to you this way: Genie shows up. You've got all the money you could ever want, and you can have any intellectual property that you've ever heard of or seen to make a game in. Yep. Yep. Which game? <laughs> See, I want to actually, I, I'm going to try and force the genie to show up. So I don't want to like, uh, <laughs> I have a, I have, I have some, some exciting you, dreams. Man. I need, I, this is a genie, man. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to see if I can meet with the genie, uh, you know, in a couple of weeks to try and pitch my case here for the game that, that I think is going to, uh, you know, would be fun to work on next. But uh, honestly, uh, Marvel Snap has turned into like the the dream game for me because it's, you know, I, I I love simple games that have incredible depth that reveals us to you over time. I love fast games. I love games I could play on my phone because, you know, once I had kids, it was harder to get, mm -hmm. you know, hours and hours in, you know, in front of you know, in front of World of Warcraft like I used to. And, uh, you know, now I can just, you know, whip my phone out, play for three minutes and, and have a great time. It's, it's, it's the game I want to be playing. And so, you know, I, I feel like I've already got my, uh, my genie wish. Cool. Now, the thing I was going to ask is not like what you would make as far as a game, but it's more a question about you as a person and your gaming experiences. So we know that you've been playing card games forever. We know that you've uh, probably safe to say you've got some video game roots in there as well. Um <laughs> And we know that you, since today we're talking about board games, definitely have uh, uh, at least uh, played a few of them there. What are the things you enjoy? Like, what do you find yourself gravitating towards? Just like, not as like a developer, just as like a, a human seeking fun. Like what, like, is there like you know, a, a game that's really finding like t its way to your table more often than not now? So I, it was very, we did this thing and on um, 
both at second dinner and we did it on the Hearthstone team that we call uh, like Pecha Kucha, which I think is a format for a presentation. And we've kind of uh, bastardized it into basically like do a presentation about yourself and who you are. It's a great way to learn about your coworkers because like, we, you know, we work together all day and like I know in and out like how you like to be communicated with. I know like, you know, what your values are. I know maybe what you like to eat, but I don't know like who your family is. Uh, because like, you know, it doesn't come up through the course of, of work. And so uh, we do these presentations about kind of ourselves and our kind of extended uh, past. And, and um, you know, it's an optional thing. People uh, don't always want to do them, but like some people like to kind of let, let people in in this way and, and give, tell, tell the story. And uh, it's, it's been very, it's been really fun. And I've learned a lot about my coworkers across, you know, both teams. Uh, I really appreciate the, 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 the format. So I, I had done a Pechacucha on the Hearthstone team, and I did one a few years later uh, uh, at Second Dinner. And I was like, oh, I already have it done. I'll just like go get my presentation and give it again. And I looked through it, and almost every uh, like like activity that I did for fun had changed. Mm -hmm. uh, so, like, you know, years ago, I was really into photography. I was like, you know, had a DSLR, and I was in a photography club, and I, I started the photography club at Blizzard, although it can spiral out of control because... Uh, uh, you know, clubs do that sometimes. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, like now, like my iPhone is just completely replaced by DSLR. I never use that thing. It's just like, uh, uh, you know, it's too much work. Uh, and so I just kind of stopped being such a, such a photography nerd. Um, and, uh, to like these days I'm, I got really into weightlifting. Uh, I, uh, I've been really, like, I didn't know, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know, like I went online and tried to because I bought some dumbbells. I was like, what do I do with these? I, I don't even know. Uh, and, uh, and then I messaged someone at Second Dinner who I, know, I knew, uh, noticed had, um, was into weightlifting. His name's Kevin. And he's like, dude, let me design a workout for you. Uh, I, like, I love doing this for my friends. And he like, did all this work and designed this, this workout plan for me. And I felt like, dang, I want to like, impress Kevin. I want to make sure, because like, uh, he was new to Second Dinner. I didn't want his first experience to be like, you know, the, the chief development officer, like ignoring him. So I was like, okay, well, I gotta like, I gotta like do this plan, I guess. And so I got like, I did it every day for uh, like nine months. And uh, I, I was like, oh, wow, this is like really fulfilling. I didn't, I didn't even realize I liked this really. Uh, and uh, uh, it's, that's been like a, a real uh, thing that I've found a lot of joy in recently. So I've been, doing, which is very weird. I guess it's not like uh, what I thought I was gonna get into, but like, I, I do a lot more reading now. I listen to a lot of audiobooks. Uh, that's not something I did four years ago. Uh, and then I've been, uh, uh, playing, uh, don't, like I, ne I never played a Dark Souls game before, but I got really into Elden Ring. I've been playing just an unbelievable yeah. amount of Elden Ring. Uh, well, that one's an easy I'm one to fall into too, I'm... especially if you're somebody who appreciates world building. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, actually okay. guys, I gotta, yeah. I gotta jump in here and say, have you, have you, both of you finished this game? There's I'm no on the last finishing. Boss. Yeah. I, I, have, I have quote unquote beaten the last boss, but I'm not done with the game. <laughs> okay, okay, I, uh, Ben, have you beaten the last boss? Because I need I need a little help here. Uh, I have okay. I have I have not. I'm confident I could, but I don't I don't want it to end. So I just kind of like okay, I attempted I it want, once, and I was like, can someone explain to me what it is? It's a the, giant part of blue. Part? It's a giant yeah. blue dolphin. Well, spoilers. 
it's like it's like uh, a lot of like RPGs where like the you know it's like you're not it's something un I mean look that's this is true of a lot of the bosses first of all the creature design in this game is absolutely unparalleled mm -hmm. uh there's so many monsters around I just like what that's amazing it's so cool I just I I had a real hard time with that last I I thought I knew what was happening and I thought it was actually pretty cool because it tied back into the start of the game and the character you're fighting it felt like, yeah, this dude should be a, an end boss. This makes sense. And then he wasn't the end boss. And the end boss was a Loch Ness monster with stars inside it. And I'm like, <laughs> yes. I don't know what's happening anymore. Well, that's like, you know, Final Fantasy IX or whatever. They're all like that, right? Where you like the last, you fight the last boss, and then like, oh, actually, it's God at the end, you know? Oh, see, now <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a prism. It's a when sentient to, prism. When I got to the end of Final Fantasy X and a tick showed up, I was equally as confused. I will give you that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like seriously, what happened? What is going on? Do it. You gotta up the stakes somehow. So spe <laughs> speaking of upping the stakes, uh, I'm gonna ask a question because uh one of our one of our uh writers on staff, Corey, who is a fantastic human being, uh is absolutely in love with your grilled cheese wrap. Like absolutely <laughs> in love with it. Uh and, and he won't he won't stop talking about and, it. And uh he wanted <laughs> us to ask you when when can we expect the next Ben uh Ben Brood special? Uh, you know, I get, I actually get this question a lot because at the end of the grilled cheese wrap, I say, maybe next time I'll wrap about pizza. And then I like, that's it. And, uh, uh, so like every time I do like a public appearance, it's one of the questions I get, which is uh, when's that yeah. pizza wrap coming? And also both of my children are like, dad, when are you going to write this pizza wrap? And I'm like, oh, listen, I, 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 I don't know. I have to, I haven't been inspired yet. You know, like I, the grilled cheese thing. Uh, I ate at a, a, a grilled cheese restaurant called The Melt, and it was it was terrible. It's a horrible restaurant. Uh, the grilled cheese was nasty. And then I went, okay, I'll, I'll try this other place. It was called Greater Grilled Cheese. And so I went in and I ordered a grilled cheese sandwich, uh, and they gave it to me. And I took a bite, and all I got was toasted bread. The cheese did not extend to the edge of the bread. The butter did not extend to the edge of the bread. So the bite I got was just bread. And I was furious. I was like, slammed my hands on the table. I was like, what is this? And I was so mad. This How is what dare you, do. sir? Like, this is a house of lies. <laughs> exactly. And so I said, I, look, something must be done. This is inappropriate. I must teach the world how to make a delicious grilled cheese sandwich. And I thought I had something new to, new to bring, which was mustard. I think people are sleeping on mustard and grilled cheese. It's got, uh, it, like, you want a little bit of vinegar. I think it cuts the, the, the cheese in, in an incredible way. Mustard is the, is the, uh, is, is the, is the truth. Uh, and so I thought, okay, here's my, here's my chance to, to make my stamp finally. Exactly. And, uh, uh, so I, you know, I had a lot of like, uh, uh, it, like a lot of, uh, oomph and gusto behind the grilled cheese wrap. Pizza is already good. So, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I haven't, I haven't like, uh, had enough, uh, you know, ire about pizza to like, you know, really inspire a wrap yet, but I, I am working on it. Every once in a while I'll, I'll freestyle some stuff and I have like a notes. Have you uh, been to a Papa like, John's? <laughs> uh, I, I, Papa John's could give you okay. that ire. I promise you. Yeah. You need that. Yeah, there is bad, there is bad pizza, but like uh, like nobody's nobody's confused as to why, right? Everyone knows uh, like that you can get good pizza and what makes good pizza. So uh, you know, unlike the 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 top grilled cheese restaurants in Orange County, all having terrible grilled cheese, uh, like you could get you could get good pizza if you if you try. 
I just find the idea that there's competing grilled cheese companies yeah, in, well, in, in Orange County, and they all are terrible. Come on! <laughs> but I was going to say, if you want to really do something different than being upset about pizza, there is the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game, Shredder's Revenge, which is really oh, yes, good. Go it's, play well, that. You know, and- it, it's really fun, but uh, marred by uh, like one really bad design decision, oh, which is that. They, they, you know, one of them, I've been really enjoying it. I'm playing with my kids. It's really fun, you know, couch co-op game. But uh, you can uh, hit one, I think it's like the left trigger or something, and uh, uh, charge. So one of the mechanics is supers, right? And you, you, like, over time as you hit guys, you get, like, like, you fill your super meter, and then you have, like, a super attack, which is very powerful. That mechanic's fine. But, yeah, if you taunt, if you do, like, a little dance or whatever, you can fill the super meter. So you should just do that all the time. Every time you're, there's a lull in the fight, you should fully charge your super meter, right? All the time. And so, like, instead of, like, uh, 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 like an action game where you're, like, like, running quickly from fight to fight to fight, it's really slow. Because after every time you kill anybody, you'd, like, and then then you go to the next thing and so you're you're always you should always start every fight with a full super meter so like without that mechanic i think a plus incredible game with that mechanic i think well you know it's pretty fun i i enjoyed it i give it i give it a b plus i'll give you that although to be fair i'm not good at it so i didn't think to do that So for me, I was having a great time. But. Uh, this is the problem with gamers, right? The, the classic Diablo story of uh, the, the uh, when Diablo 3 first came out, the right thing to do was to blow up uh, barrels because I had a very low chance of getting some of the best items in the game. And so, because the game was very, very difficult, uh, you like the way that people played it was they would jump in, destroy the barrels at the beginning, and then restart the level, yep. and then kill the barrels, and then restart the level and kill the barrels. And people were actually furious when they removed the barrels because they were like, well, that's how I'm getting the best items. But they just, just so happened to make it so that, you know, the best way, the, the most powerful way to play the game is like a really not fun thing, right? Killing barrels over and over and over again is not what's fun about Diablo. I am so glad uh, that I didn't know about this because my wife would have <laughs> found out and my wife already smashes everything in sight whenever oh, yeah. we do Diablo. And so she would literally just, I would never have gotten to play Diablo. I would have been playing the barrel <laughs> game all for the rest of my life. She would have, this is the best thing ever. I'm shooting so many barrels. <laughs> so yeah, congratulations it's, on saving uh, me from that. It's Fallout 3 or Fallout 4 that had the thing where it's like, you got experience from like building and unbuilding things. So the best Fallout thing you 4. could do. Yeah. Yeah. The best thing you could do was go and like disassemble the town you started in and then just like build oh, fences no. for like an hour or two to level up. So then you could go out into the world and not be like a level one. That is the, that is the only way that Swan did not kill me in that game. I am not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I did that. Yeah. I, yeah, I actually, yeah, you kinda, yeah. You kind of have to. I didn't I mean, even think about it as a bad thing. I was just like, oh my God, there's no way I'm leaving until I've built enough gun turrets around this town that I don't have to worry <laughs> every five minutes that somebody's going to come into the town and kill everybody. So yeah, uh, I, I got you on but that. But it's, it's like, it's counterintuitive and it's, it's like, okay, I want to go out to the wasteland and explore and do cool stuff and get killed by a giant swan. But instead it's like, okay, I'm going to build a fence and I'm going to keep building a fence over and over yeah, and you, over Yeah, you want the thing again. that is... 
You want the thing that is uh, uh, best for you as a player to also be the thing that is most fun for you as a player. And if you can align yeah. those things, then it's it's better. Yeah, you don't want to make a game where, you know, this is an epic game of fantasy where you go forth and you, you'll eventually fight the Loch Ness Monster made out of stars. But before you do all of that, have you thought about sitting down and I mean, smoking a pipe? I was going to say, to be fair, I made you guys play dress up and decorate your house before I shoved a brain dragon at you. It's fine. Oh, that's a very different thing. That's that's like every game should have transmog in some fashion. Um, if it doesn't have, you know, if it doesn't have transmog, it should have card skins or whatever. There should always be something that allows you to change up which one you're using. Uh, something that makes you feel like you own a part of the game. But that's not, that doesn't affect how you play the game, right? It's not, it doesn't make you, it's not the best way to play is to sit around and customize your character and just do well, that. It's it's like, what do we, what do we joke? We, we used to joke about in, in, in our, our wild guild about the, the end game for Wildstar. Like the game ended at 14. Cause that's when housing became available. Cause then it was just like an endless stream of, I can play dress up with a plot of land. Let's go. Uh, like <laughs> that, that is some of the most fun that you can have in games. Like whether it's, you know, Taking Scotty Young art for the the uh, the cards on on the skin uh, for the skins that I'm going to be playing, or you know, putting a pumpkin head on my my character, like that. Those are some of the most fun I have. Like I, I love that stuff. Trying desperately to games. win as many games as possible with Devil Dinosaur. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but only if he's that's wearing a scarf. Be, that's going to be what I'm doing. I'm telling you right now, you're going to get so many angry letters about how Devil Dinosaur can't beat everybody. Why can't Devil <laughs> Dinosaur just eat Namor? Huh? Why not? <laughs> Why is name? Why is Namor even? Well, I've got Devil Dinosaur. He should be able to eat Namor. He, he should be able we'll to eat everybody. We'll look into it. We'll look into it. Well, yeah, we'll see what we can do. <laughs> He's a dinosaur. <laughs> I think at this point we've actually gone well above our normal time. No, we we got as much time. We got as much time as as Ben has and as you guys have. So. <laughs> okay, I was. I, I'm actually wondering, Ben. Do you like? It's been an hour and a half. Are you you good to keep going here? Uh, so I'll tell you, I have, I have one thing, which is I ordered tacos via DoorDash two hours ago. Oh, no. Scheduled the delivery for 6.30. So they haven't arrived yet, but I'm tracking them. And when they arrive, I'm going to go eat some tacos. <laughs> I, I but until then. Where'd you get them from? I'm still in the area, so. <laughs> You're still in, uh, in, uh, in uh, Orange County, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Where'd you get them from? Are they Taco uh, Del Rey? I have a, are they what? A Taco Del Rey? No, they're not. They're, I have ne- oh, I tried God. a new place tonight. I, I have never uh, tried this place. I'm trying Navarro's Tacos. So I, I, I love food. Uh, at one of the uh, one of the activities that was not on my my thing four years ago that is now uh, is I uh, I created a website called Brodsbest.com where I rate, in my opinion, the best the best of each category of restaurant in Orange County. So if you're looking for the best Thai food or the best Afghan food or the best uh, not pizza because we don't have great pizza here. Uh, but like of each of each kind of category of food, uh, my website's got like a little write up and what would I recommend you try? You know, best tacos or or whatever. I can't wait to find when you actually think a a grilled cheese sandwich store is good. Uh, yeah, no, there's no, there's no, there's, <laughs> there's no best grilled cheese. There's nothing. See, I'm actually no, here I, thinking that that mustard thing would work really well with my special Gouda Swiss uh, um, Velveeta thing that I'm doing. Oh, so there you go. I'm, I might give that a shot. I was going to no, say, uh, yeah, let me know. If you are a foodie, uh, because uh, very clearly you are, you ever find yourself in Buffalo, New York, you let me know. I will take you around and may- you will gain like 15 pounds by the time you leave. It'll be fine. Uh, well, you'll, need nice. it. you'll need it because it's I'm Buffalo, be, uh, so it might be completely covered nice. <laughs> I'm going to be in I, New York in a couple weeks. I'm going to New York Comic Con. Oh, nice. Oh, very exciting. I, I mean, will say that yeah. in... 
in Twitch chat right now, we have cries for a taco wrap. <laughs> Just putting that out there. Just saying. Oh, man. Tacos. Uh, tacos are OP. It's, uh, <laughs> like, there aren't yeah. enough. I, I often, so there's a thing going on in Orange County right now. Uh, you can get Indian burritos. So they're like, you know, tikka masala and sog burritos. And they're, they're like, they're incredible. And it made me think, what are we, what are we sleeping on here? Right. There's like, clearly this was a, like a, a genius idea. Why? Like what other cuisines have not do you, uh, like gone into burritos yet? Do you ever watch like, uh, I mean, obviously you are a person that has existed on the internet. So you've, you've clearly watched YouTube stuff. Uh, good mythical kitchen. No. Okay, so it is Chaos Incarnate as a cooking show, but the they're they're very clearly skilled, but they do stuff like this all the time. Like combining things and shoving things together and it is absolutely fantastic. Uh like they'll do stuff like I love it. what it, what if we made like uh you know Long John Silvers as a burrito or like whatever and they they just go absolutely crazy. I think you would absolutely love this. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I love food, but like authenticity only matters if 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 the authentic thing is delicious, right? It's like, you know, like I, I, I don't mind if you're doing something way out there. It's not authentic. If you're improving on the original or trying something new, like uh, I had this incredible Boba experience uh, that I don't even know if I liked it, but there's a place out here called TZ, T-E-A-Z-Z-I. And uh, the menu said, uh, here's our house special. It's uh, Boba, it's milk tea with Boba and oats. And I was like, oats? I thought maybe they're like mean they mean oat milk maybe it was like a bad translation so i ordered it and no it was like there's oats in this drink and it was unlike it was like the first time i'd had boba where it was it was like bizarre i didn't know what was happening to me it was like that i every time i took a sip i said what what is happening <laughs> and I, did not, I could not tell if i liked it even it was so unique it was such an incredible experience uh and uh, anyway, I've been I've been hawking it everywhere because I need to find out if it's actually good because it's so different. It's like not something I can like contextualize yet. Uh, but I love I love unique new takes on classics or just totally bizarre things. I love it. That's interesting because that reminds me of like growing up Italian. Like technically speaking, I I grew up Italian because my my grandmother was from my great grandmother was from Sicily. My grandfather was from. They were all very Italian, and they'd get crazy. If you put like something into the into the, the sauce or what have you that they that wasn't yeah, right. supposed to be there, and but I always preferred eating at my my Irish grandmother's house because she would also cook pasta and so forth because it was like Rhode Island and it's everywhere there. But she would do stuff like you know throw in ham or whatever. She'd experiment and it was fun and I liked eating it and I didn't like eating with my my uh, Italian relatives because it was rigidly it was like it was like that old George Collins bit like it's rigidly timed and it will end even if it has to go to sudden death that was like the food was like it was like you know okay that's got more garlic than supposed to be in the recipe throw it out and yell at people <laughs> so yeah I, I, I yeah, get you on that uh, more garlic that's supposed to be in the recipe is like the is the right amount of garlic right oh, yeah like, I, uh, I don't know what the deal is. I mean, you, they con they constantly recommend you eat garlic for everything, and yet if there was too much garlic in the pasta, they'd get mad. So, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I don't understand me on my relatives. Uh, I think also, I've stop stop sending me DMs on Twitter with Ben Road tweets from years ago. God, I'm getting like so many people are sending me you know your tweets. They're all like, okay, this is really happening. My new rap drops in one week. I think it is perhaps my finest work, my magnum opus, if you will, or maybe I need someone to tell me to stop. Uh, 11, 11, 2019. I think this is the grilled cheese wrap. 
Yes, it's that was you, the grocery store. It's a picture yeah. of you in a grocery store looking like, you know, excited at various things. <laughs> but yeah, I've got, yep. that's been in, that's yep. now, I've gotten that DM to me 10 times. People apparently really want to hear more about it. So. I, I can't say anything. I've gotten a few links to that on, uh, on Discord as well. <laughs> I, I, I just think back to what I believe the journey to Angoro Rap was your first one. And oh, if yeah. I'm remembering correctly that towards the end of it, you said, I better stop this before I get fired. Yes, and, that's right. Uh, that's exactly right. And, and now this is like the thing for which you are known. And the most common question we've gotten to ask you is when's the next rap? You know, it's very interesting. So I, I, uh, I was rapping for, for many, many years for, you know, when I was in high school, I, I would write raps with my friend and, uh, uh, I, I had, uh, a bunch of raps online that were not, you know, the most appropriate raps. Uh, you know, I, I, uh, like to rap about my, my butt. Uh, and I, I thankfully got all of my raps offline before people, you know, <laughs> got the gumption to go find my old stuff. So I, that's all gone. It's a, the, uh, like the, the Wayback Machine doesn't store MP3s. So I, safe. Uh, but I, I was like, I really, I was really into rap. And so when the, uh, Angoro cinematic came out for Hearthstone and it didn't have a song and there was a petition to have me sing a song because, there was no song for the expansion. I was like, well, maybe it's time to, maybe it's time to, you know, break out the old rap skills. And in, in one evening I wrote that rap and then recorded it at my desk. And then I, sh I brought it to work and I showed Jason Chase, who was the, the, the production director on, on Hearthstone and Lindsay, who's the, uh, who's doing PR. I said, okay, I did this thing. I wrote this rap. What do you think? And they were like, do it. And I was like, what? <laughs> okay. Uh, and that was kind of how that started. Ah, uh, I love it. I mean, I will. I do not think Marvel Snap has a theme song, so just saying. You know, uh, so uh, first of all, uh, when you when you actually get a chance to play this game, uh, the audio is absolutely ballistic. Uh, our audio director Chris uh, is like in, he's insanely great. He's so so good, and um, it was like, have you seen those TikToks where the guy who comes in, he's like, "Hey, we need a, a theme song for Sonic the Hedgehog," but you know, like when he's drowning, but it doesn't have to be crazy or anything. And then like it's you know it's this guy setting up this like thing where it doesn't have to be great, and then the the, the audio person, the composer, like knocks it out of the park. It's like that. We're like, hey, dude, like most people play without sound on mobile games, uh, so like it doesn't have to be crazy or anything. And Chris is like, what about? This and we were like, "What the hell? This is the best music in a video game, dude! How did you do this?" And the sound is super good. I said, "Look, Chris, all people are gonna talk about when this game comes out. All the reviews are gonna talk about the music because it's so so good." So yeah, we don't have a theme song per se, but we do have incredible music. And Chris keeps telling me, "He's like, hey man, if you want to collaborate and do a rap, I'm ready." And I just, uh, you know, it's hard to it's hard to get back in the saddle after all these years. But uh, <laughs> two words: Devil Dinosaur. <laughs> yeah. I'm waiting for you, man. Now is the time. Seize your birthright. Rap about he that dinosaur. He did this. He like he wrote this music for when you win, and it's just like the it's like a banger. And so what happens is I win, and I don't want to like play another game because I just want to listen to the victory music, just because it's it keeps going. You like you like extended it. And it's just like this incredible track. Uh, you, you'll, you'll see when you when you get in the game. I'm sorry. I'm still, dream, I'm still dreaming about the. the, the <laughs> I, I, I want to jump into something though. Wh whose idea was it for the astonishingly cute Chibi Galactus? Uh, that is that know, is adorable. Uh, is that a play on the Scotty yes. Young? Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely inspired by his style. Uh, so the um, the 
when we were thinking about how we want to announce this game, like there's, you know, it, we're doing this really cool pan Marvel thing where it's across, you know, all of the Marvel, you know, families and teams and all that stuff. So we wanted to really showcase that, but, but we're doing something a little different. We have all these like really unique variants. We, 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 we explore not only you know, different costumes, but also different art styles. And like, that's, that's something that's just like a little bit different in space. And so uh, for our, our big announcement video, uh, we, we wanted to start out really kind of in, in the pocket where it's Venom and America Chavez, um, and like, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're like fighting back to back in this, uh, alley and the iron hearts there. And it's a very kind of like iconic normal style, but then you see, you know, this chibi Galactus walk up and you're like, wait a second, that's not right. And then Chavez opens these portals and out pops Hulkbuster, but it's not, not Hulkbuster like, you know, it. it's Wakandan Hulkbuster and, uh, it's, you know baby Groot and it's uh, like this new uh, different costume of Miles Morales and, and it's all these mashups of different costumes and art styles coming together and like that's really what Marvel Snap feels like is this we wanted we wanted to subvert expectations and you know do something that reflects the huge variety of art styles and in, in in the game that's kind of where uh, baby Galactus came from it was an inspired choice man because I remember again I had made that dumb tweet and everybody was like oh yeah whatever hot take and then I saw the the trailer, and that happened, and I'm like, okay, what? That that was that was the big head bobblehead baby Galactus. Is that what I just saw? And you know, yeah, from there, yeah. it, it it got me to watch the uh, the gameplay video you did. Uh, well, that and your eyebrow, your eyebrow kind of. <laughs> How the heck do you do that? The Rock can't do that. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate it. Hey, uh, you know, good news for me, uh, bad news for everybody else. Maybe your tacos uh, arrived. Tacos arrived. <laughs> Uh, okay, that's your cue, Matt. Yeah, go forth and and get your tacos, my friend. Thank you very much for being here with us and for letting us uh, listen to you. Uh, quite frankly, it's it's, <laughs> it's worth every every moment. Um, it's, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. I had a lot of fun. Thank you. Uh, and to you guys listening, uh, Joe's got a thing to say, and then we're gonna be gone. So. Sure. Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash Blizzard Watch. Your continued support means this podcast sighting community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much, Joe. And thank you again to Mr. Brode for being here with us. Uh, I'm sorry if calling you Mr. Brode sounds weird. It sounds weird to me now. Um, <laughs> But this has been the Blizzard Watch podcast. Uh, anybody have anything else to say before we end this thing? I'm enjoy just, your tacos. Yeah, enjoy your tacos. And, and again, thank you very, very much. I, I hope they're good enough to get on your list. I hope so, too. Yeah, that would, that would be great. <laughs> that would actually be a nice nice way to end all this. All right. Uh, take, take care, everybody. Thanks for being on the stream. And goodbye. Bye, everyone. <laughs>